0: Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Amen. That's just one of the ministries that we are honored and blessed to be a part of uh, here at the Church at Sturkey Hills, and that is our Enkai's Children in Kenya. And I would encourage you to prayerfully consider how God would uh, encourage your heart to be a part of that. Now, one thing that's kind of interesting to note, anybody drink any coffee this morning from a coffee shop? Okay, just so you know, you're coloring outside the lines of Christianity today. This is embezzled coffee. This is illegal. Contrabands, what we're drinking. Okay? And uh, because it costs $50 to send it over here, or you can can stuff it in your used underwear and your luggage and bring it on over here. So I thought I'd encourage you with that fun fact. All right? And so it's an amazing ministry. It's uh, amazing people. It's an amazing land. Uh, Keith and Tanya are amazing, and it's so fun to go over there with them. And here's what's great about it. Uh, God saves souls. He's still in the business of saving people, and it's fun to be a part. Yeah, amen. It's fun to be a part of a ministry that uh, that just shares the gospel of Jesus and lets uh, Jesus uh, Uh, do what he does best and that's to save souls. Uh, uh, We're so glad that you're here today. Tell the person next to you, you look good today. I know you needed to hear that and uh, I want to just ladies i want all my ladies listen just a second that sounded bad that sounded a little creepy all my ladies okay all of the ladies in the church you should have received a flyer today when you came in uh a day with kendra graham is the event and uh you want to be a part of that i'm just telling you she's awesome this is billy graham's grandson's wife how would you like to be known as that okay billy graham's grandson's wife that's who she is she's an amazing speaker And uh, she'll bless you. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. So go by the Connection Center today and get your tickets. But I want you to buy a ticket for somebody else. Maybe your mother, your daughter, your sister, your neighbor, your friend. Bring friends because this this lady will speak into your life. She's that good. And you don't want to miss this. She's going to be here October 23rd. So come and be a part of that. I'm so glad you're here as we start this thing called Missions Month. And Missions Month is incredibly important because, uh, candidly, that's why we're here. If you are born again, if you're a child of God, if you're a believer and you've trusted Jesus with your life, you're a missionary and you can't run from that. Now you can ignore that, you can shuck it off, you can you know, you can not be obedient to it, but the truth is, we're called to be missionaries. That's why Jesus has saved us. Now, when we say that, sometimes there's some confusion about what missions really is. And so to boil it down, kind of the uh, the baseline of what missions is, it's God's plan of inviting all people from all people groups into his forever family. That's it. It's God's plan for inviting all people from all people groups into his forever family. Man, that's just cool that God is that kind of God. And and that's why, that's what missions are. and, And that's why we're emphasizing missions during this month. Now, sometimes we get it a little sideways or we don't understand or unpack the, the, the wholeness of God's mission and sometimes you'll hear regularly preached a message from Matthew about the great commission well it's unfortunate that often that's where we stop we feel like the mission commission is really boiled down to a couple of verses in the New Testament and and don't get me wrong that's good enough we're going to see that today but it's bigger than that in fact the mission of God is bigger than you and I really know it's bigger than we can even wrap our minds around, but we're going to stab at it today. We're going to try to unpack a little bit of, of the, the mission of God uh, bigger than what we know. Uh, it's the reason you hear often me refer to the Great Commission is because often it has become the great omission. We've dropped the C. No longer ha- is it a commission, but it's an omission. We just don't do it. And it's the reason we see so much evil In our world today because we haven't done well making the name of Jesus great in our world so I want you to know today that God has called you if he saved you to be a missionary tell the person next to you you're on mission Now, sometimes when we think of mission, we think of missionaries. We think of uh, uh, ministries around the world, and it includes that. But I want you to understand, missions begins in your own home, in your own life. Uh, You can never change another life until your life has been changed. You can never share what you don't possess, what you don't have. And so we've got to really get serious about, okay, am I a child of God? Is Jesus truly the Lord of my life? And if so, then I need to be sharing this great truth to a lost and dying world. And so let's dive into this thing. The mission is bigger than you know on the back of your worship guide. And let's go back in time to to get to a place where we need to be. So we're going to go back about 2,000 years. And Jesus has just been crucified. Jesus has then been resurrected from the dead on the third day. Jesus is walking around on the earth revealing the fact that he's alive and that he's God. He's sharing that with his followers. And so in the New Testament there's recorded about 11 occurrences where Jesus shows up to speak to his disciples and to people in uh, in his day. On one of those occasions he finds himself standing before his disciples and about 500 other followers and they are there because they were invited to uh, be at this particular place and so on this particular date he shares with them and gives them this command this what we call the great commission and so the Great Commission, we're going to begin in Matthew 28. So we've gone back 2,000 years. Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He's speaking to his followers. He's encouraging them and challenging them. He's going to hang out for 40 days, and then he's going to ascend to heaven. Ten days after he ascends, the Holy Spirit on the 50th day, which is Pentecost, the Holy Spirit will show up and, and, and fill his followers and they will then be ready to be obedient to this commission that Jesus gives. So what is it? Here, here it is. In verse 16 of Matthew 28, we begin. It says, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain that which, was designate, which Jesus had designated to them. Pause right there. The, the beginning of missions must begin in obedience. You see, these people had showed up in a designated place. Jesus said, meet me there. And they showed up. Sometimes we don't experience the fullness and the fruit of the mission that God has called us to simply because we're in disobedience sometimes it's as simple as not being where it is we're supposed to be amen Sunday mornings come sometimes God wants to use you right here in this place as a missionary to be encouraged and challenged for the coming week but we miss the opportunity to be in obedience in the place where God has called us and we've just put an x in the, in the box, it says, I don't want to be a missionary this week. And so it begins in obedience, in being where it is God wants us to be. Verse 17 now goes on. It says, and when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. Watch this. But some were doubtful it's encouraging to know that even in the first one of the first gatherings of a group of people standing before the resurrected Jesus there were people like in here today who came with their worship suit on I mean they came to get the worship on i when the singing starts man I'm worshiping Jesus because he has radically changed me and changed my eternal destiny from hell to heaven so I'm going to worship him for the greatness of who he is but yet there's others just like 2,000 years ago who came doubting a little bit came to kind of of spectate to check it all out just to investigate a little bit see that's not new that's not new but it's into that context of people who are there to worship him who say that's him man that's the resurrected Christ I saw him die he's alive he's God and then there's others saying man that story is so hard to believe but it looks like maybe he was dead and it looks like maybe now he's alive so I'm going to come and check out see what he has to say it's into that context that Jesus begins to speak And this is what he says. Verse 18 through 20 he says. And Jesus came up and he said to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says therefore go make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember I am with you always to the end of the age. That is what we call the Great Commission. This is where Jesus spoke to his immediate followers and to us today 2,000 years ago. And he says, this is what I want you to live for. This is what I want your life to look like in the world where you live. And so we're going to unpack this a little bit because it's bigger than we know. I've learned some things this week, and you probably, all of you probably know it. You won't learn anything, but I just want to remind you. The first thing is number one on the back of your worship guide is this. All authority is the author. All authority is the author. Verse 18, he said this, and Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, I want to unpack this a little bit because this is going to come, this is going to come up again. He says all. Everybody say all Everybody say all of it. He says all authority has been given to me. Now that word all in the Greek is a simple word, three letters, P-A-S, pos. Everybody say pas. Y'all just spoke in Greek. You feel a little Greeky this morning? All right. pos. it means all, the entire, the whole of authority, Jesus said, has been given to him. Now, why is that so important? You remember the context of the group of people that were listening? It says that some came to worship and some were doubters. I want you to know today, listen, the authority of Jesus Christ, the authority of God is not contingent on what you feel about his authority. <laughs> I just love that. And sometimes we want to elevate ourselves like we're, we know something that God don't know. Like we're, we're sharp. We got it all figured out. You know what? God's authority, God's godness is not contingent on how we feel about it. He's God whether we doubt or not. He's God whether we worship or not. And in this context, Jesus says, let me just go ahead and cut it to you straight. I know some of y'all are doubters. I know some of y'all are worshiper. All authority has been given to me under heaven and on earth. I got it all. Now, what does that mean to say all authority has been given to him? It's bigger. It's, 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 it's bigger than we know. You see, because for Jesus to say that, it begs a question to be asked. Either... He's the savior of the world, God with skin on, that would be God incarnate. If you go to the Mexican restaurant, you order carna something, that's meat. It's God with meat, God who's human now. Either he's truly God in human form, the perfect lamb of God sent to die on a cross to rescue us from our sinful condition, or he's a liar. There's no, there's, there's no other choices. Either he is really the son of God, or he's a lunatic and a liar. And so we're at the crossroads. They were at a crossroads. And you and I are at crossroads when we read something like this. Either Jesus is God and all authority has been given, or he's just a liar. He's just another man up to some kind of shena- spiritual shenanigans. Okay, the truth is we're going to see he is, in fact, God. Now, what does he as God, what does Jesus, what has he been given authority over that's in heaven and on earth? Well, he's been given authority over Satan and all the demons. He's been given authority over the natural universe. He's been given authority over stars and galaxies. And he's been, let's dial it down. He's been given authority over the microscopic level of existence He's been given authority over molecules and atoms and, and, and genetic structures. He authored the DNA code that allows us to re- replicate and reproduce ourselves. He, he's the author of, of the things that are immeasurable and limitless. He, there's nothing in space, there's nothing in heaven or on earth uh, that ever threatens him, that ever brings into real question his authority. He's over it all, all nations. All governments, all armies, our weapons, all weapons. Listen, the breath that you're getting ready to suck into your lungs, he has authority over that. The breath that smells like that Kenyan coffee that you just excelled, he has authority over it. The next beat of your heart, he has authority to allow that or to take it away. That's the kind of authority that Jesus says he has. All, pass, entire and whole authority, Jesus says, been given to me, regardless of why you came, that's why I'm here and that's who I am. So he has all authority and he gives the great commission. In it, he's saying all authority has authored this mission. All authority is empowering the mission that I'm authoring. All authority will com- complete the mission with or without you. And all authority is the one who is commanding you to be on mission for Him. Amen? He's a big Savior, bigger than we know. And His mission is great like that. Number two, all nations are the audience. All nations are the audience of the commission. Verse 19 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Here it is again. He says all nations. Anybody want to guess what the Greek word for all is? Pos. Once again, it's entire, whole, and complete. This is beautiful. Jesus didn't come to save those immediate followers of the New Testament in the Holy Land 2,000 years ago. He came to complete a mission from God to reach the world, to reach the world. It means, in in the Greek, that phrase that says all nations is posho ethnos. You know what that means? This is really cool. Posho ethnos. It means all of the ethnicity of the world. All and every entire whole ethnic group in the world. Jesus says, "I, I want you to go to every people group, on that rock that you're flying through the sky on I want you to take my name to them that's encouraging you know why that's encouraging because 2,000 years ago you weren't here and I wasn't here and this place wasn't here America wasn't here right and Jesus came and he died on a cross on that hill in uh called Golgotha and he rose from the dead and he ascended back to heaven 2,000 years ago right there in that geographic area that we call the holy land 2,000 years ago we're way over here in Knoxville okay that included us when he did that he he did it for every group of people which would include you the reason you're saved today if you're saved is because Jesus's commission was given to reach all people all ethnic group of the whole world and that's why we're here and so so now we're supposed to introduce them to Jesus, make Jesus' name great. But then he goes on and he says, I want you to baptize them. I, I want you to have them to be under the mark, under the symbol that they are a child of God. I want you to immerse them, baptizo, in water, which is a picture of their old death. Their old person is dead, just like Jesus died. He was put in the tomb, you're being put in a water tomb, you're going to be raised up to newness of life. It's a picture of the old self has been buried and now there's a new you in Jesus' name who has emerged like a butterfly out of a cocoon yeah I got that word for some of y'all that were here cocoon just jumped right out there I didn't have to ask for any help now he says this is what I'm here now we live in a world rightfully so that screams for ethnic equality for social injustice for all of that and it's a war in the whole world it's, it's been going on for years it's not new I want everybody to know are you ready if you are a child of God you emphatically must love all people groups of the whole world You can't pick and choose who it is you're going to love. You love everybody. Why? Because God loves everybody and because God sent Jesus to die for everybody. So we have to be in love like Jesus is in love with the whole world, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of race, regardless of socioeconomic class, regardless of any situation or characteristic we have been called to love and to share Jesus because Jesus died for us all. Now, here's the cool part about it. I was thinking about the fact that he's say, he wants to save the whole world or every, uh, he's inviting all these different people from all these people groups into his forever family. And I got to thinking about the forever family of God. Billions of people, right, over the years. Okay, and still years left because we're still here. How boring would it be if in heaven there were like 20 billion Pastor Joels. Oh, thank you. You shut up. i shudder to think if it was several billion of you. The truth is, it would be boring. God's not a boring God. We talked about that last week. You know, we go to heaven, we're gonna gain some weight, wear a diaper and play a harp on a cloud. That's stupid, we ain't doing that. We're not doing that, it's not in the Bible, okay? Heaven is amazing because God is amazing. Look at what he's created here in the the diversity of us. We learned a Greek word a couple weeks ago, poikilos, the variegated, the, the, the assortedness of God. We're all like snowflakes. We're all different. And I'm glad. And in heaven, heaven is going to be like looking at a stained glass window. That's just assorted fragments that ultimately paints a picture of the glory of God. I just love that. That in heaven, there's going to be Asian people and African people and European people and American people. And we just all going to be having a good, good time in heaven in Jesus' name. And it's going to be amazing. It's, 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 It's going to be amazing. And maybe you had not sunk your teeth into that. But let me tell you something. When you get older and you start watching friends of yours die and you realize death is imminent, it's coming. Because it's coming for all of us. But as you get older, you realize it's coming sooner than it used to be. And when you realize that, all of a sudden you start thinking about heaven. And when you get excited about heaven, it makes the, the hurts and the hang-ups and the hiccups and the woes of this world become okay. Because we know in the end we win and we have it better on the other side and it's going to be beautiful because it's going to be a tapestry of all of the creative nature of God. Now watch this. And every bit of that he put in place in two human beings, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve had the DNA genetic code that would fill this world with diversity. Isn't that beautiful? It's so cool. You start hating on groups of people, you can take that up with God because you got a problem. It's a sin problem is what it is. It's not a race problem. It's not a hate problem. It's a sin problem. We love because we're all children. uh, We're all people who God has created that he wants to adopt and call his children. Now, number three. All scripture now is the answer. Watch this. In verse 20, he says, teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. And remember, teaching Everything. Now, I hate to tell you, but if you look up everything in the Greek, which you can do on Mounts' guide, I told you that on Bible Gateway, you'll find out guess what word is there? All, pos. Once again, the vastness of the commission is inclusive he says now you want to know what you want to know what what's going to change their life once they meet jesus you want to know how they're going to know how to live their life once jesus enters it he says you're going to teach them to obey all of it everything that this book has old testament new testament scripture the authority of the infallible inerrant eternal word of god you're going to teach it to those who have received all authority into their life And they're going to live a life that's full and complete and abundant and blessed. You want to know why sometimes the Christian community doesn't look full and complete and abundant and blessed? You ready? This isn't in it. I want you to know, Christian, if you follow Jesus, you got to be in this book. Not just on Sunday morning. It has to saturate your life. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit will bless you. And you'll experience life like it is truly supposed to be. All Scripture is the answer. And Jesus was saying that there ain't no partial truth. It's not a buffet truth. You know, part of the problem is we've taken the Word of God through the years, and what we want to do is is treat it like silly putty. We want to manipulate it and squeeze it and mash it and make a round. A peg go into a square hole and we'll force it and we'll shave it and cut it and scratch it and mess it up finally we'll get it in there so it'll make us happy the scripture is not given to make you happy the scripture is given to make you holy and when we become holy we're be, we're going to experience the life that he gave that the life that he encourages for us through his word it, it for 2,000 years the new testament has survived Now, people argue about it. They have debates about it. They don't all believe the same thing about it. But it's not because the word has changed. It's because we often don't like what it has to say to our life. And so it never changes. It never morphs. It is the, this is not a document. It's not just a letter that was penned by man. Scripture says in Timothy, says, this is the theonoustos. This is the breath of God. This is the word of a living God authored and given to you and to me for us to live our life by. Number four, all time is the age that the commission is for. He finishes up this passage, the Great Commission. He says, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Guess what word in the Greek we get always from? Huh, pos. Everybody say pos. All, the entire, the whole. The word is pos. Ho, Hemera, all of the days. Jesus says, Listen, I have authority. I'm telling you how to live, and I am going to be with you all of your days. And he says, And to the end of the age. The end of the age, we get our word eons. For eons of time, Jesus said, I'm still going to be the same Jesus. I'm still going to be all authority. I'm going to still be God and I'm still going to be madly in love with you because I created you and died to rescue you, to call you my own. That's good. He says, I am there for you. So how true, how accurate is what he said? He says, I'm. remember, I'm going to be with you for all your days and I'm going to still be Jesus for the ages. How accurate is that? We showed a video of uh, keith and tanya and the ministry god is using them for uh inkai's children in kenya and and i think in keith's testimony he said thousands of people had made professions of faith in jesus that's not an embellishment that's not an overstatement in fact i would encourage you if, if you if you can to prayerfully consider that god would send you over there it'll change the way you love people it'll change the way you share your testimony Sometimes in America, for those of us who have an evangelistic fervor, we want to share the gospel. We want to see people saved, and man, it just seems to fall on deaf, deaf ears. But it's not deaf ears; it's calloused ears. They've heard the story before. Yeah, I've heard it before. I'm not interested. Yeah, I tried that out. What you did? Try Jesus out, you silly. You try him, he'll smoke you. Okay, that's the way that works. So what they do is we get t- it's, it. Kind of we preach and we teach and we share a testimony. and It just doesn't have an impact. And then you get on an airplane, you fly to Kenya. You get off an airplane, they take you, they put you on some kind of a four-wheel drive and they shake your insides out and they take you to some place you've never seen before and just the landscape will blow you away. Just the landscape. It's unbelievable, indescribable. And then you get there and you're out in a village and Keith gets out and says, uh, uh, we like to for everybody to come together. We like to share the story of God among his people. Translator tells them. And they all come out there and they've got all their, their apparel on. I mean, they're 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 there. That's who they are. And they sit around and you share a story cloth, which is a picture version, several pictures of the story of God, the Bible. And you get to the place where you tell the story of Jesus coming to this world to die on a cross for the sin to save them. And you say, would anybody like to receive God's gift of grace in your life today? All of them. Because they never heard it before. And they know. You see, the truth always cuts through all lies. If you intently listen, listen, searching for truth, it cuts through the noise. It cuts through the cloud and the fog. And the, the truth shows up in story form, and they know it. And the Spirit of God speaks to their soul, and they receive it. And what Keith and Tanya said thousands by thousands they just receive it what would cause a dentist and his wife who helps him in the dental office choose to travel to africa several times a year and invest the largest part of their resources probably to a ministry on the other side of the planet are you ready that that watching god change lives Speaking the truth of God into a heart who's never heard real truth. Who have never probably heard the name Jesus. And watching their lives transform. I've shared this story about we took a baptistry over there, a portable baptistry. There's a lot of times in the summer months they don't have enough water to baptize. And so we put this, erected this uh, baptistry frame and a rubber liner. And we pumped some nasty water in there. You wouldn't have gotten in it. And they'd been waiting for months to get baptized. And a lady got in there. We were talking about how the best way to get them to be underwater in this tank. And before we knew it, this woman, she's going face down. She's face planting right in the water. She's baptizing herself. They're excited. Why? Because somebody went and told them the truth of the story of God. That Jesus came from heaven to die on a cross for their sinful condition. To call them his own. And to take them and make them part of his forever family. And they receive that truth because it's the first time often they have ever heard it. So the, the mission is bigger than you know. Uh, all authority, you go in power. All nations, you go to all people. All scripture, you take the truth. And in all time, the work of the gospel is an eternal thing. And you and I are products of that kind of a message. And that's the Great Commission. But sometimes we stop right there. Many of us have heard a message on the Great Commission. Sometimes we fail to open up the windows to see that the Great Commission finds its origin in the greater mission. The Great Commission of Christ to the church finds its origin in the greater mission of God toward this world. All that is, is it funnels it down and makes it palatable and easy to apply. But we need to sometimes look up and realize there's a greater mission. What does it look like? Are you ready? Point number one, strangely enough, is the same point number one as the Great Commission. Under the greater mission, point number one is all authority is the author. All authority is the author. Genesis 1-1. We're going to go way back to the bookend on the left. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. That's big. That's all authority. Now we need to understand what that's saying. Sometimes we read that and we say, well, that's pretty cool. You know, God created it. It's bigger than that. There's a Latin term called ex nihilo. Everybody say ex nihilo. We went pentecostal right through spoken tongues twice pos and ex nihilo we're getting carried away here's the deal ex nihilo means this you ready out of nothing god created everything that, ex- that exists out of nothing at all you see sometimes we take pre-existing products pre-existing matter and we form it into something and make something we might buy timber and build a house we might buy parts and build a car we take pre-existing things and make something. That's not what God did. God looked into the nothingness at all and spoke everything into existence. He took no matter and made all matter. That's the kind of God. And it's all authority. And that's where this thing originates. Jesus didn't just show up and, wow, look at his authority. It came from the fact that he and God the Father are one because Jesus is God. John 1, 1 through 3. You say, what's the connect? Between Genesis 1-1 and Jesus in the New Testament, it's intimately connected. Watch this in John, the Gospel. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God, and the Word was with God in the beginning. Now watch this in verse 3. It changes. It moves from an inanimate object called the Word to a personality. This is verse 3. And all things were created by him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. It moved from the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Now, you say, well, how are you so sure about that? You keep reading in John, you'll get up to 11 and 14, and you'll read this. It says, and, uh, it says, and the word became flesh, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, Jesus was God's word, Jesus was God. The the mission, the commission finds its origin in the mission of God, and its power comes from the authority that has existed since everything we know was created. Now, now we need to think about this because sometimes when we start unpacking that and diving into that a little bit, you're saying, "Okay, so you're saying God created everything out of nothing, yeah. And you're saying God knows all things, yeah. So he's sovereign, he's, all, he's omnipotent, he's all power, he's omniscient, he's all science or all, all knowledge, yeah. And he's all present, so he's got all that in his bag. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Well then, if that's the case, why didn't he just not create the enemy? Wouldn't that have been a win? Put that in the win column. Because if he wouldn't have created the enemy, Satan, Adam and Eve wouldn't have been tempted. And if they wouldn't have been tempted, they wouldn't have fallen. If they wouldn't have fallen, they wouldn't have died. And if they wouldn't have died, we wouldn't be dying and we wouldn't be under the curse. And we wouldn't have all the hurts and pains and setbacks that we have in this life. And the sorrow and and, and we wouldn't have any of that. So why did he do that? Are you ready? There's an answer to that question. God did know at creation that Satan would show up. God did know that Satan would tempt Adam and Eve. God did know that Adam and Eve would fall to that sin. God did know that they would begin to die. God did know that because of their death, death would transfer as a curse into all mankind. God knew all of that. Well, then why did he do it? Are you ready? God did not create robots to love him. God created mankind to choose him. Had he never given them the opportunity to fail, he could never have come to die to redeem them. You know what gives God the greatest glory? Is when one of his mosaics in this world hears the good gospel of Jesus, responds to it in faith, believes in the story of Jesus dying for them and raising from the dead and offering them life. And that's, that person that was, had an eternal destiny called hell has been transferred to a place where now their destiny forever has changed to heaven. When that person begins to worship God, that's where God gets his glory. No glory if he forces you to love him no glory if he forces you to worship him the glory comes when you realize he died to rescue you from you so he could spend eternity with you forever that is sweet that's an amen wow factor right there six of us get it now now let me tell you what that looks like in our world i have three amazing grandchildren i know you have grandchildren mine are not like you. mine are perfect And here's what's amazing about them. They think their popo, who is me, is the coolest guy on the planet. And if you tell them different, I will kick you out of the church. Because I got them convinced. And it drives Kendra nuts. Now, sometimes they migrate over to her. They do. But they come back. And here's what they say. I hear it all the time. I hear it of the older two because they're talking. I see it in the little one because uh, he just hollers at me. Popo popo all time and i shared in the early service that judson and juliana out of nowhere on a regular basis absolutely unprovoked they say "Papo, i love you i'm like man heart just swells up i said man i love you too and i shared that in the early service jesus is my witness juliana who's three walked in the front door right there came right up to me hey Papo. I said, that's a beautiful dress you got. She spinned around there. And I picked her up. She said, I love you, Popo. Now, watch this. It's the sweetest thing on the planet. It's the sweetest thing in the world. Kendra, is it not? It wouldn't be the same if I said, hey, Juliana, come here. Tell me you love me or I'm going to whack you with this book. (laughs) Now, I could do that. I could train her. To where all I had to do was pick it up, look at her. I love you, Papo. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. Unprovoked from the depth of her heart, she said, I, I love you, Papo." That's what God did. That's what the mission's all about. The mission is about God reaching from heaven into the people groups of the world, inviting them into his forever family. How beautiful is that? And the greater part of that is for some reason he saw fit to include you and me in that equation, changing the dimension of heaven and hell. Number two, all nations are the audience of the greater mission. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go out from your country, your relatives and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Then I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will exemplify divine blessing. He says, I will bless those who bless you, but the one who treats you lightly I must curse. I'm going to pause right there. Now let me back up. How did we get to this, this narrative? Where this guy named Abram shows up and God speaks to him. God had created mankind. They rebelled. In Noah's day, God picked Noah and his family said, build me a boat for the next hundred years. They're going to make fun of you. You just preach righteousness, and then I'm going to cause it to rain. I'm going to open up the ground. Water's going to come out. I'm going to drop the canopy. Water's going to fall down, flood the earth, and wipe it all out. But I'm going to save you and the animals that I'm going to put on the boat. And so they do that, and and, and mankind starts all over again. Well, as mankind does, they got to a place where they thought, you know what? Let's build a tower to heaven so we can make a great name for ourselves. You ready? God is not interested in you and your great name. God is interested in him and his great name and you making his name greater. And so this was not about God's name being great. This was about a great name for themselves. So God came down to where they were building this tower of Babel, which is a real place. They know where the real found, they found the real foundation and he scattered them and made them speak different languages, so they couldn't communicate. That's where we get the word babble. So ain't making sense, they're babbling. And so they scattered the people. Now, once they all got scattered, and once they're all speaking different languages, God in his sovereignty picked one people group to introduce himself to all people groups through. And he chose the Hebrew people. He chose what would ultimately become Israel, the Jewish people. He chose a guy an ordinary man whose name was Abram who would be faithful. And he came to Abram and he says, listen, I need you. He spoke to him. He gave him, he told him that he was going to move him. He said, I'm going to bless you. All you have to do is be obedient and I'm going to use you. Now watch this. He took Abram and he made a nation so the world would see God through them. What was his mission? Why would he do all that? In verse 3, he finishes that verse. He says, I'm going to bless those who bless you, but the one who treats you lightly I must curse. Why? So that all the families of the earth may receive blessing through you. Do you know what that blessing through you is? The Messiah. Jesus would come as a product through his lineage because he was faithful god would send jesus of himself from heaven to earth through the family line of abram why because the greater mission is god looking at all people from all people groups and desiring to invite them in to his forever family next all scripture again is the answer All scripture, just like the Great Commission, all scripture in the greater mission of God is the answer. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. It says, look, I have taught you the statutes and ordinances just as the Lord my God told me to do, so that you might carry them out in the land you are about to enter and possess. So be sure to do them. Tell the person next to you, you got to do them. There's a reason why God wants you to be obedient to his word, okay? There's a reason for that. It's not just because he has authority and he wants to force you to, to, to conform. There's a reason. He says, be sure to do them because your obedience will testify of your wise understanding to the people who will learn of all these statutes and say, indeed, the great nation This great nation is a very wise people. In fact, what other great nation has a God so near to them like the Lord our God whenever we call on him? And what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this whole law that I'm about to share with you today? The greater mission is demonstrated in our obedience to the greatness of his word. God shows the world that he's great When he changes your life from one of rebellion to one of obedience. The the more your life subscribes to this book, the more your life testifies to the greatness of God and the power of Jesus in your life. It's still the answer. This book is still the answer to all the questions of life. I'm not going to say all of the problems in life are because we didn't align ourselves well with Scripture, but I will say this. Many, 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 Close to most of our troubles in this world and in this life are a product of our disobedience to this book. Much of our relational problem can go be taken back to disobedience to this book. Much of our financial troubles in the world can be taken back to disobedience to this book. Much of the premature death in this life can be taken back to disobedience to this book. Much of the crime, much of the uh, tragedy in this world can be taken back to disobedience to this book. Now one day in heaven, everybody conforms to this book. That's why he can say there will be no death, there will be no sorrow, there will be no sadness, there will be no tears. All of that will be taken away and we will all live conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Now last, all time is the age of the great commission just like all time is uh true for the great commission. Genesis 12 when God told Abraham that all the families of the earth would be blessed through his offspring. And it goes down all the way you can track it trace it all the way through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and it lands in Revelation chapter 5. And this is what the revelator sees in heaven. What it's going to look like in the end. Worthy are you for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed a people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God? Do you see that the Great Commission is just a dot on God's timeline that we're under, but the greater mission of God extends from Genesis all the way through revelation which is a picture of eternity the greater mission is bigger than we know and that's why God is encouraging and challenging and commissioning you everybody say me to be a part of his mission the only thing greater than God having a mission like that is the fact that God would want to include you in a mission like that and he does he wants to bring people from every tribe and every nation and paint this amazing mosaic seven and a half billion people approximately walking around on this rock today that's gliding through space all of them created by God all of them with a DNA that all originated from two human beings Adam and Eve and Jesus came and died For all of them but the sad news is many 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 of those today have never heard the name of Jesus let alone the gospel story they haven't even heard the name of Jesus and the purpose of missions month is that we will be reminded God is not finished painting his picture in heaven there's still people who he wants to save today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to think of the greatness of this world for a second. All of those billions of people, all of that geography that God created, Not one speck of dust matters. Not one of those human beings matters. Until we dial it in and we apply that message to ourself. You see, we can never share what we don't have. We can never give what we don't have. And so on this day, the greatest mission for you maybe is to realize that 2,000 years ago in a land far away, God came to earth and died on a cross for you, let alone the whole world. He had you on his heart and on his mind. He knew that maybe on this day you would receive his gift so how do you receive the gift you simply say God I know I'm a sinner I know I'm one that you died for I will receive gladly what you've given to me please come into my life and save me on this day change me from the inside out and set me on mission to reach others for your kingdom now most of us would say today that we've already done that and that's beautiful and it's perfect and it's great But the question is, have you replicated or reproduced yourself as a believer? That's your calling, that's your commission. That every single one of us share the good news of Jesus and make his name great. And maybe today is not your day to sign up to go to the Philippines or to Honduras or Brazil or Dominican Republic or Kenya. Maybe today God's commission for you is to start in your world, in your land, in your home, in your community, on your job, in your school. How do you begin that? You pray regularly. You begin to read His Word regularly. You begin to talk about Jesus regularly. You invite people to church regularly. You financially support the ministries of the church regularly. And then you pray about where it is God wants to send you. And you go. You get to a place where making Jesus great becomes the natural rhythm of your life. And God will bless you. And he'll make your life fruitful and abundant and full. Father, I thank you that you would choose to love somebody like me, let alone the whole world. But God, you do love the whole world. And you've invited us. You're inviting us. You're using us to invite others into your forever family. And that is just beautiful. There's a wow factor to that that we should never get over. Because I'm certain for all of eternity when we stand before you, we will never get over what you've done. So let that begin now. And God, help us have a a fervor. Help us have a heart that cries out a need that Jesus' name would be shared. Help us be missionaries in our own land and around the world. And we give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. We're going to sing a song and the altar's going to be open and maybe you need to get saved today. Maybe you just prayed that prayer and you want to let the world know about it. I'll be down here uh maybe uh you just need to come and pray because you've lost touch with why you're here I also want to invite you tonight we're going to have a missionary panel up here discussion I want everybody to come tonight to learn more about who it is we serve with and how God might use you here and around the world so let's stand and sing We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.